0: Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. And we are here. It is CISO Thursdays, my favorite day of the week. I get to hang out with my new besties, well, I guess more recent six couple months worth the besties so I'm Renee, a small cybersecurity super recruiter helping awesome talent get into opportunities
2: James go for it hey y'all James Hazer here CISO and host of the CISO talk podcast thank you James Naomi
1: hey
3: Naomi Buckwalter security leader but I do not have a podcast I think
1: I'm just in a long-term relationship with you Renee I think so. I've been trying to get you, you know, I've been like. Like if they, I mean, if Naomi if on. had her own
2: podcast, it would be like a five minute like kind of like short right it'd be like i'm thinking out of the box today but what is the box? <laughs> what does the box look like <laughs> like like with like very low like kind of like jazz music in the background she's gonna right? be
1: buzzwords <laughs> 10 minutes of buzzwords
2: zero <laughs> trust ai zero yeah, machine trust. learning
1: <laughs> let's think what's happening here well naomi you had an awesome um post with meryl yesterday before we get into our topic and i thought that was like the budding podcast kind of budding up a little yeah. bit there a little hey, got, something. you know
3: like five subscribers already to a channel that has one and video you know, so i think that's I, good return I'm one of them <laughs> thank you yeah no i mean it was just another way of doing fresh faces with cybersecurity. I usually do videos or, I'm sorry, articles. So I, you know, interview the people. I'm like, how'd you get into cyber? I Name two people you want to be like, you know, what do you want to do in your life? Whatever. But in this time I was just like, let's just do a video. It's way easier. And, uh, but the production quality thing, I'm not, I'm still trying to figure out how to make videos look good. Like you guys. Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's hard. Fantastic. Yeah.
2: it's, It's, it's. Did we lose Naomi.
1: No, you can hear me, right?
2: I hear you, but oh, I don't hear lost Renee. Renee. We okay. lost Renee. I'm sorry. It's Thursday morning.
1: It's Thursday. Can you hear me? Yeah, we
2: hear you now. Perfect. See my
1: fancy mic. I bought this, so everyone used to to joke about me and this mic situation. Renee, you need a mic. You need a mic. Blah 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 blah. blah. So I buy this fancy Rode mic. Right? Look at the fanciness. Fancy, 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 and I get issues. So I don't know. I might go back to just plugging in my my uh, my headphones and just keeping it moving. Can you hear me? We yeah, hear you we first. can hear you. Okay. Awesome. So Danielle says, "Good morning, good morning, Danielle." Danielle is going to be our director of merch. She said, "We need merch." Ben says, "Good morning. How's everyone doing?" Checks calendar Thursday morning. Yep. See Thursdays. Thursday. Hey Reggie. Good morning team. Is the box cardboard? Was it a '90s Gateway PC box that looks like a? Oh, I had
3: that. Was my first computer? Yes, that brings it back. Oh my god! How much (laughs) was that? it was probably like
1: six thousand (laughs) dollars.
3: It's
1: nuts. (laughs) Hey, Rasheed. Good morning. So the folks are here, ready and waiting to get into our hot topic. For today, I'm gonna let James kick this one off because it's a good one. It's a really, really good one. We're gonna talk about Chris Krebs and the life and death of CISOs. Go ahead, well, James. Okay. A very quick death of CISOs. <laughs> right, <laughs> correct.
2: So, so, CISOs average what lifetime is 18 months, like yep. more or less. So, here's the deal Chris what Krebs. Are they
1: two and a half years.
2: Uh, uh, maybe 18 months. So, so, uh, 18 months really like 18 months like two and a half years are you know i don't know one of those it it is like 18
3: months feels right 18
2: months is just about right nine Mm -hmm. months is you know like if you get past the nine month mark you're pretty much sticking through 18. you get through 18 you make it to about 30 and and then from there oh my god you're like an anomaly (laughs) (laughs) You're you're like the 3:40 a.m. votes. Um, so 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 here's the deal. Um, director Chris Krebs, who uh, leads CISA and has led CISA since its inception in 2018, um, was fired on Tuesday by tweet. I still can't get used to Twitter being how we fire government officials, but I guess that's the new thing. And so, here here's the deal though with what that means. Whether you agree with the firing or not. Um, and we can debate that. But I think that takes us down the political path. I want to really talk about the narrative where anytime something is, goes off the tracks for a security professional, they're the first to get canned. A breach, an incident, anything of that sort, no matter what they do, they're the first to go down the path. So at, is it even worth it to be a CISO anymore? Is it worth it? to even want to be in a leadership security position. Like I'm kind of looking at me and Naomi and I'm like, you know, roles as directors or VP somewhere. Cause you're safer there. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll last five, six, seven, eight years. And you won't have the gray hairs that you get as a CISO. That's why I cut my hair short. Not only cause I was in the army, but you know, my grace come in and then it's just bad. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a discussion where, you know, we t- always talk about wanting to get into security. But when we see what happened to C- Director Krebs or what happened to Michael, Mike Johnson over at Capital One after what happened there last year, right, or, or um, you know, other breaches where the CISOs were were canned, it kind of makes you look at this and go, like, this is going to happen to me. And when it does, why? Right? Like, if, if a CFO misses a quarter, he doesn't get fired. A CEO misses projections, they don't get fired. But we security guys, the moment one successful attack happens, we're gone. Yep. So let's have let's have that conversation.
1: I sometimes look at it as a as a contract almost. Like, you know, I, I talk to CISOs all the time, and folks are always looking for the next thing because if something goes down, then you know, chief information scapegoat officer, off you go. And you're constantly having to look for an opportunity.
3: You know, I came upon this exact topic. Uh, Dr. Eric Cole was talking about this in his podcast. I, I got, you should check this out, but he only has about like 400 views per video. But I'm telling you, his content is gold, Dr. Eric Cole. But he was talking about this because uh, he's saying that, you know, if instead of CISOs getting fired for the one thing, It's most likely because they haven't been communicating out what kind of attacks they've been blocking or successfully remediating or mitigating. So part of the CISO's job is to convince people like a salesperson would be like, here's my effectiveness. Here's the ability of my job, like how I'm able to do my job well. So if every day you're coming in and every time you're talking to an executive, be like, hey, you know, we successfully blocked Um, a thousand phishing attacks or, you know, six uh, nation state actors on our firewall, you know, or something where uh, you can just very definitively prove with numbers. You can show them no one's going to argue the numbers, right? You can just say, here's the numbers. And here's all the great things I've done. And we let one slip through, you're going to fire me like that's the way we should be approaching it, showing them the numbers and showing them how successful we are 99% of the time. And then just that 1% of the time. That way, when the executive's Do try to put you on the chopping block they'll stop and think like do we really want to do this because we're getting the right numbers from this person and yeah we can we can let one through if we uh we knew exactly how well they've been doing what do you guys think about that
2: so theoretically what you say in theory makes a ton of sense the problem with that is that your board doesn't care how many phishing attacks you stopped they could care less that you're dealing with nation states i've sat with multiple boards and i try to go like hey guys we're blocking the you know chinese and russian cyber units within their like you know state-sponsored attacks on our organizations we're blocking these guys with you know six underpaid security guys uh a ciso and like a shitty security budget like give us some credit here and they go well that, that's what we pay you guys to do. That's what we expect of you. And so there's this, there's this taking CISOs for granted, right? And taking security for granted, and looking at it and not empowering it. And part of it has to do with um, our miscommunication as SISOs. I mean, when you talk about why you know um, why I started my CISO talk podcast was just for that reason, because when a CISO goes through a breach. He gets canned. He's told to never speak publicly about what happened, right? Because that's part of his severance package when he's fired. They're like, You're not allowed to talk about our breach. Here's your severance package, and here's your non disclosure form, and here's your media. So, and they can't get a job. Like, I can't tell you how many peers I know that have gone through this that can't get a job after because people want to interview them to hear what happened to get the gossip. But then they always fall through in the second or third stage of of interviews. That's that's literally the reason I started my sister talk podcast, because I'm like, at least I can give you a platform to where when something does happen, there's content out there that talks about your career, about your vision, about your leadership, about your input that people can reference and look at to give you an opportunity because you're not allowed to talk after you're gone.
3: Yeah, and you're not allowed to defend yourself when all the trolls on social media jump on top of you and assume right. the worst because, like, for the Equifax exactly. breach, there was this poor lady who was a CISO. I forget her name, but her major was in something like musical music education scenario. yeah, or something music, like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, she just didn't know what she was doing because she had a music education or something like bullshit like that. Sorry for my French day Renee uh, but it, it just got me so upset where I'm like wait hold on she can't even go on social media to defend herself because of re- contracts or whatever um, NDAs and now you're just jumping on top of her making assumptions that she wasn't doing her job how do you not know the full story you haven't even dug into you past the fact that you know she doesn't have a cybersecurity degree which didn't exist by the way back in the day when she went to college so exactly like it was uh, that particular one sticks out to me where sisters can't win. Just, yeah. so
2: the global CIO then- for Equifax, who was the only guy that was fired, his name is Graham Payne. Okay, I had Graham on my podcast um, a while ago, um, last year when he wrote his book. And I have his book. It's right behind me. Um, And it's, it's on my shelf. Uh, I, I love his book. I had him on the podcast. The first time he was supposed to come on my pa- podcast right before his book came out, um, he got a seasoned assist from his employer. But Graham had death threats on his family and home after the Equifax breach. He had private security at his house because people were calling him and threatening him. So there is a level here where we not only aren't allowed to defend ourselves, but he couldn't get a job after. And that's someone's livelihood, right? When a CFO misses a quarter, or two or three, and he's a bad CFO. He still gets hired somewhere else.
1: Yeah, livelihood and life. Yeah, if you have security, you have a private security staff. That's unbelievable.
2: Right, but this whole thing of you know um, 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 being being able to to this whole idea of you're only we have a bunch of comments here on the side of you're only as good as your I'm last. Attack, post them. Mm-hmm. right. Well, that's BS. Then you know that's that's absolute BS because you're going to get attacked, and some of them are going to be successful. That's just numbers, right? That's just statistics. That's a fact. It doesn't matter what you have. The question is, can you recover, and can the business really? Um, can you proceed with the business and take it forward, and how do you get rid of the general in the middle of the war? You yeah. need a guy who has the keys to everything.
3: Yeah, like this will fix it. It's, Let's get rid yeah. of that person. Yeah.
1: It's
2: unbelievable.
1: Hey. Look, look who's here.
2: Hey, he Mon. How uh, you doing, I man? know. He just Why finished
1: man? doing some. What are, What were you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's working. He's working. When you said, hey, Mon, I was, I was going to talk about smoking. <laughs> William says, hello. Philip says, so true about this. Happy birthday, week James. James. Thank you. Me.
2: Wait, yeah, you're, you're like 21 again, right? I, nah. I, I, I am, I am. I've been 21 for 16 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Phillips says we're walking a thin line, skate goat someone to blame. Yes, William, someone to blame. Wait, that we're the
4: by- aren't we? Oh uh, yeah, three yeah, But
3: that brings us back uh, to James' point. Who would want to be a CISO if right. you know your basic end result would be loss of job and possibly never never getting a job again in security? So well, I, you I, don't get a really job in the,
2: you don't you don't get to be CISO again, you don't but get you get to go work right? for a vendor, right? You get to go work <laughs> for a vendor or one of the big four after a few years, right? right. And and maybe do a talk at RSA in Black Hat. Um And that's that normal life cycle, anyway. But, but should that be the case? Like, that's that's an unhealthy cycle.
1: So, Ben had a good question. Are we talking 18 months at a specific company, or do most thistles bill on the title after 18 months? So, it's I
4: think it's 18 months at a company, but like with regards to Krebs, I I think most of the honorable companies um, that are not loyalist to a specific political party will see what happened and not like ding his record
2: for it well i don't think krebs's record is going to get dinged at all because there's no adjudication to whether or not this election was 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 secure or not there's nothing to dispute what krebs said and there's nothing to support what the president said right meaning if if in in a month from now all of a sudden we realized these tabulating machines were manipulating votes or switching votes. Then you can see justification of what happened. But then at that point, was that the duty of CISA to check that or was that the duty of the local secretary of state in every single state to ensure that those machines weren't being you know, manipulated or whatever the case may be? and and again like i don't want to get into the, the political aspect of it because it's it hasn't been adjudicated right like we're talking here on on semantics at this point and that's a waste of time i think the culture where we immediately fire a security chief at the slightest hint of an issue is the problem
1: yeah and it's a
2: problem where right now you look at people who you know want to become CISOs, and i'm like well maybe you should just aim to be a vice president <laughs> Or
1: do you really want to be a CISO? That's do really you really the, want to
2: be a CISO? Do you really want to be
1: a CISO? And I think we've had a couple of we've had some people on, and that's been a topic. Like, do you really want to be a CISO? All right, more comments. Brent says, "Depends on the company and managing expectations." He spent five plus years in each of my last two roles. Current role is closing on three years, and have weathered successful attacks. Brent, you need to be teaching a class, my friend. Bring it on. Me.
2: Brent needs to come on my podcast. <laughs>
1: yes, he's Wait, an anomaly. Our <laughs> an hour podcast too, Brent. You want to come? It's on? It's okay.
2: We, we can we can make it like a like a multi podcast <laughs> room, Chris. <laughs> exactly. This is all about partnership, buddy. We, we <laughs> all, we're, we're stronger together than we are apart.
3: I want to that. I want to do some sort of study or something that follows CISOs that have been fired after a breach. And I want to see what happened to them. I want to do yeah. some sort of like a report or an article about that. I think that'll be my next thing. I am curious. That's
1: a, That would be a really good one. Yeah. let see if I can get one. that at scale somehow. Yeah. Are totally. you going to and, uh, and hack LinkedIn? Hack LinkedIn. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm planning LinkedIn. to do. Yeah. Look, LinkedIn already. We broke yep. it once. Let's not <laughs> talk about it again. Asking. So Ben I mean, says, I, I don't I...
0: understand
1: death threats. Why does anyone ever think this is a good idea?
2: Ask the people who make him, Ben. It's
1: unbelievable. Unbelievable. And oh, William, great question. Why and how is IT always under budgeted?
3: Well, if we're putting security under IT, that's part of the problem. I am on the boat where security and IT should be aligned together on that same level, because IT, if you think about it, is really availability. And if security is confidentiality, integrity, and availability, if anything, IT should be under security, but at a minimum, it should it should be aligned. So, But that doesn't really answer your question, William. IT is traditionally under budgeted because it's, you know, it's just get your job done kind of stuff. It's not really moving the business forward as in getting revenue, et cetera. If at any time that security can be proven to be like a revenue maker, uh, you're going to start seeing lots of money. So part of your job as a security leader is to show that you have that ROI. You can bring in the cash. You are a customer trust center where people come to you and uh, they understand that you're an enabler for the business, all that good stuff.
0: Exactly. Which Rather I
3: think than depend- being the
4: department of know uh, showed them how you can help them make money and then you can get more money in return. Yes, make
3: money for your business, right?
1: But I think that's specific to different industries. Like we had a CIO on and he said, you know, as far as he's concerned, as far as they're concerned, it was keep the lights on type of a situation. Now that was that environment. Now, you know, if you have products, you- Renee, you're on mute. <laughs>
2: Huh? There it is again.
3: again. Fancy mic. It's fancy mics.
2: <laughs> is it the mic or the operator?
3: I think she moved Hang her look. elbow. I think it is the mic. It's just not it's got a bad UI. How, how about I just mute everybody? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> she has a power. Don't
4: let the power get to your head.
3: Right, she muted herself again.
1: <laughs> Y'all are killing me. All right, I'm in Namdi, my buddy. I'm in security by way of DevOps. I'm, cu- I'm covering people, so let me move myself over here. I'm in security by way of DevOps and application development. We believe in experimentation, failing fast, experimenting, learning, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. Fire and for the, quote, one thing limits experimentation. When employees are in fear due to job security, they tend to play extremely safe. Without experimentation, it is extremely difficult to be innovated. What, innovative, what are your thoughts as CISOs? Well, the first
3: analogy I can think of is like when a doctor says they're continuing practicing, like the word they use when they're doctors is practicing, but excuse me, can we not call it practice? Because that just sounds like you haven't really figured this out yet, but uh, it's, it's an analogous to CISOs where we do are seen as experts already. And if you don't already have it done and down to a science, uh, you're not given that wiggle room. You're not allowed to practice, even though doctors are apparently.
2: So well, think about it. A doctor doesn't lose his job when he kills a patient.
3: Well, they get sued, yeah. but yeah, the yeah, but they've got yeah. malpractice
2: insurance, right? right. right. And and, mal- and but then they continue to they continue to work, right? They get mal- mm-hmm. like unless you 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 know you're a really bad doctor who's you know can't get malpractice insurance. That that's pretty much the only time. And then you go to teach. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like I've killed so many patients, folks. Let me yeah. tell you what not to do. same with um,
3: police, yeah, right
2: S- yeah. And, and but in cyber Never um, good. but but in cyber, you know, you get canned one time and, and yeah. that's it, it's game over
3: we're it's it, we're not killing people out there, at least ho- hopefully not. not
2: yet. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, not yet uh, but yeah, it's it's completely
1: unfair, so how how do we change it, guys? Let's move that conversation forward. Reginald says, life gets better afterwards, so life gets better after. Danielle, you can write a book after getting fired from being a CISO.
2: Yeah, that's all the cyber books out there today.
1: <laughs> Alan, Alfred is Alan. here! Alan, does what's up? Does anyone that? want to be a CISO? I mean, seriously. I <laughs> Alan, Alan is a CISO. <laughs>
2: yeah. Alan is a CISO, but, Alan. But, but, but does anyone want to be a CISO? I don't know. I mean, that's why you see CISO posts out for months, months, and months and not being filled because, you know, you go and you you meet with the leadership and no one wants to take that role.
1: Yeah.
3: And it's not a glorified security engineer, by the way. It's not like the pinnacle of your security engineering career. It's a completely
1: different track. Right. It's an executive track. Yeah. Totally. Brent says you need to manage the expectations from the beginning. And yes, he is coming on to the podcast. Woohoo! Um, someone says i think he was fired because trump disagreed with him and was angry at what he said not because he failed as a cso is that well, shady dave making that comment Who's
2: i, that don't, know. I um, don't know um b- but but here's the deal though um um chris krebs wasn't a CISO. chris krebs led CISA. there's a big difference um there is a CISO in the white house that has no business being a CISO in the white house like yeah. the guy's resume has no security in it oh, whatsoever. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so let, let's start with that aspect. Um, um, Chris Krebs was fired. Um, Apparently one, because he, maybe uh, you don't know why. Right. But the, the, people are guesstimating it's because of the statement he said, because that's what was in the president's tweet. There could be more to it. There could be less to it. We don't know. Um, but it's the culture of why he got fired and it's the lack of understanding downstream of who's responsible you know for the federal government has no business interfering in county decisions and state decisions in the election software they use that is not the role of the federal government that's why elections are run by counties so if people just understand that they understand why and and chris has done so much for the community people who weren't around in 2016 and 17 and before that don't understand that no one trusted to partner with the federal government. No private organization wanted to partner with the federal government. No one wanted anything to do. It was inefficient. You would get data so old from the government like you'd get alerts that you've already like you've already handled them and you're done with a months after telling you like hot news this ransomware strain and you're like yeah we know that that was 2 months ago. And Chris Krebs did so many magnificent things. He earned the public partnership. He earned the public-private relationship. He earned it. He put in the work. He went to meetings. He went to conferences. He did dinners, lunches, breakfast. He listened to people. He built a CISO council around him, right, of private sector CISOs. He reached out to vendors. He reached out internationally. I was with Chris last year during Cyber Week in Israel, right? We were talking with, you know, Israeli authorities and Korean and other people about cooperation internationally. Chris was the right man for this job. He didn't deserve what happened on Tuesday at all.
3: Especially over tweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: wrong. Tweet part not cool. Sepper, as Gian Bikusa from Google says, the safest network is the one inside inside some an unknown bunker which is not connected to any network but it is also the most useless network. with that being said I think we have to change the culture around this topic and make sure normal people understand that threats exist and like James said there will be some that are going to slip through
2: yeah I absolutely I agree with that I agree.
1: Alan says if you don't have pL responsibility quote do more for less it's the only move you've got
2: yeah pretty much. Yep. Look at the CIS top twenty. Start knocking off that checklist, and <laughs> and you know start with
1: asset management. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Great.
2: And she's muted again.
1: I know. Do you find <laughs> the next there's little interest in your results until it becomes a negative breach or a breach?
2: Well,
4: that that's why you need to be a marketer. I mean, if you're going to be And any security leader, you have to work with the business to show how you're bringing value. So don't wait until it becomes a negative. Show your positives all the time.
1: So we have to be CISOs and marketers.
2: And salespeople. Yes. A
1: little bit of everything.
2: And people people.
1: Exactly. And all
2: this with people who are introverts. (laughs) Wait. Predominantly. (laughs) (laughs) people.
1: So Alan says that line that he had up there before, does anyone want to be a CISO? That was stolen from Rich Mason. Um, he says CISO Thursdays here. I'm curious as right. to what your uh,
3: Myers-Briggs personality types are. Do you guys know? Like what is a successful CISO's personality type? Is there a standard or a Yes, a look at one?
2: Gary Hayslip. <laughs> <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> Uh, I know awesome
1: around. Okay, yeah. so CISO Thursdays. That's Chris Van Gorder. Hey Chris. Uh let's see. Have what is that? I don't know. It's
2: like Kofifi. We don't know what that means. What is feffy.
1: that? Kofifi. It's like a made-up word. That
2: makes it's a made-up word. word, yeah. <laughs>
1: us- Chris Van Gorder, let us know what that is. Ben says CISO mount practice. <laughs> is that a thing?
2: Yeah, No. no. Is there nope, is there system isn't. malpractice insurance? They have insurance. I know they have insurance. insurance. I know they're cyber insurance. I didn't know they have system malpractice insurance, like for the system of themselves. For the With, system for, themselves, for, for, yeah. Wow. personal it. liability insurance.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. They totally need it. Pay for, for that sure. personal security guard, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. That's great. Can Can you add that to my compensation package?
1: Right. <laughs> Rome totally. said, not all <laughs> not all organizations I don't understand. Negotiate
2: work. that.
4: Yeah. Say
1: that again, Chris.
4: Some CISOs some negotiate that they have their own um, legal representation and malpractice insurance as part of their package, so that they're not held re- re- um, responsible, kind of like um, Mer- Melissa uh, Myers uh, did over at Yahoo.
1: Yeah, I have seen that. Romy says, not all organizations understand their business goals and how IT at- slash security will protect and improve their maturity. They need more educated CEOs as well as, as well in security. Consistent education should be cut across all leadership roles. Amen.
2: I agree. Yeah. But, but here's the thing though, CEOs have to run an entire company. They spend their time. Most CEOs divide their time based on their budget. So if security is 3% of your budget, you're spending 3% of your time on security.
4: And that's why you don't align yourself with your budget. That's why you align yourself with your, with the business. So even though you're under security, align yourself with the biggest um, business driver within the organization and show why you're um, instrumental to their success so that you then get tied to their budget item.
2: Theoretically, I love it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> James is always a cynic. He's the cynic guy of the group. Uh, yeah, I, uh-huh.
2: Well, I mean, again, we, 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 we talk about the solutions to this, but, we're we're right now in our um in what I like to call our our security echo chamber. Our bubble. Right. Our bubble. Our little bubble. Right. The, the the challenge one of the challenges is we have to start looking outside of security. And that's why like twenty twenty I, I spoke, I think, at two security conferences out of like the twenty some conferences I've spoken in, because we have to get out and start talking to CFOs and COOs and CEOs, CEOs. And, C- and CTOs, and we have to start influencing them to understand that they need to intertwine security as well because that's the only way we're going to get rid of this fire CISO culture. Yep. Security because it's, is everyone's it's,
3: responsibility. Is. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. such
2: a buzzword though, Naomi. No, that's man, it.
3: no, like that's changing. I think people are starting to learn it. Like it's not
1: just under the security <laughs> group. Uh, yeah. you James. Been 20 paid.
2: conferences,
4: wow. Yeah.
1: 26 conferences. Whoa. All right. So William says, thank you for answering my question, Naomi. I have heard that from the start of my IT career, that IT does not make money for the business. So that is why they are underfunded. How can we go about presenting to the business on how we maintain the revenue growth and the ROI and IT and security?
4: Understanding business mission and aligning yourself to that.
2: You, use, Sometimes not that easy. <laughs> look, look, here's the thing. Use use security as a business driver meaning the successful CISOs that you see today are the ones where if you go to a company's website and you see the security tab on the bottom and they have a highlight of what they're doing in security and they understand and they've made it so that the business dedicates the footer or one part of the company to a security tab is the companies where the CISOs are getting their job done because now you've been able to pin security as enhancing your company's sales process as enhancing your company's position and, and, and making it one of the same. Right. Um, and, and, and that's, that's significant. And and that's just this one small step, but it's, it's, it's a great step in the right direction.
3: Yeah. I agree with James. As long as like security is seen as building trust with customers, like the people who are actually paying money into the company. Right. If you are automatically seen as, you know, like you're doing a great job and your customers are coming to you because you're known as a great company to work with, a trustworthy company to, to give money to, uh, not like Target or anything like that, but like just a, a really good bank, for example. Um, if you are doing your job, then those customers come to you and you are bringing money into your company.
2: Yeah.
1: Philip says... I was told by one of my directors, I would have to sell her on a security review and upgrade after a successful attack from external, from the external.
4: Well, why wait till an external attack? Do an internal internal red team and then show them the value. (laughs)
1: That that's what's so crazy about this. After panel. a successful attack. After a successful attack. So well then Philip, just open there.
3: up some firewall rule there. You're like it, allow everything
1: <laughs> then. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go. You got your Unbelievable. attack. Unbelievable. So Alan a totally different skill set. And I I'm thinking Alan was talking about when we when we talked about the executives. It might have yeah. been there.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh Tyrone says, I I do, but I have a long way to go here. This is um Leighton says he has a job or two for Chris Krebs. So Chris will be fine. Um, He will be fine. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Yeah. I I think you should go to
2: the most recent (laughs) conference.
1: If you want to become a CISO, check out my defensive podcast for a CISO take on the CISO. Yeah. Alan's a co-host there. He's really good. Awesome. Really good. We love that podcast. David Sparks. Um, Cedric says, I think if our culture is not reacting fast and also not being proactive enough, I could be wrong, but that is based on what I have seen. Could be a breach, could a breach be the pinnacle of the fact that a CISO wasn't doing what he or she was supposed to be doing?
2: You can do all the right things. Look at Capital One. You can do all the right things and have just one small mistake and and pay for it because everything else ran like clockwork.
4: Yeah, your opinions offered do not represent those of my employer.
3: <laughs> How's your new job, there, Chris? Chris is a Capital One guy now.
1: Chris is a Capital One guy. Chris, Chris this is Chris Van Gorder's comment, trumping another. I, I do
4: not represent these. <laughs> of my employer,
1: Alan says, uh, CISO can be the best in the world and have an unlimited budget and still get breached. Yeah, I Amen. think people don't fully understand that. Like, you can be doing everything, but to James's point earlier, when nation states are actively, aggressively coming, at, like their whole, it's like a country is coming after you. Like, you can do everything. The best robber is going to break in your house if they want to get in. That's Security
4: it. has to be like part of the culture. Like, it starts from people, process, and then technology all the budget and everything like that, like that doesn't help if you don't have a good security culture of people that question why something might be not looking right um, before just handing over information.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, Alex? James, who are the, the top like countries that are trying to attack us? Like, I think it's China, Russia, Russia. Iran. Yeah, like, are, are there any others on that list?
2: So, um, Vietnam.
4: Vietnam. Very, really? very
2: active. Huh. Vietnam is extreme, especially in the crypto space. So you have to look at who's attacking us for what. Right? Uh, China and Russia, it's for IP, um, being able to troll our networks, um, in, in an event of you know, any geopolitical things, whether it be economic or otherwise. Mm-hmm. North Korea and Iran, what they're trying to do is get money because they're broke. Um right? I mean, they have no money. They're both under sanctions. And so they use crypto um, and, and ransomware to to finance their operations. And then you've got the threat actors that are hired by nation states that come after you. And so a CISO isn't dealing with one specific threat from one problem. You're dealing with multiple threats, including people that are trying to make a name for themselves by coming after you. I mean, if you really want to understand how sophisticated some breaches are, look at the 2014 JP Morgan Chase breach. That is the most sophisticated breach in U.S. history.
1: Was that the one where um, they went through that they were doing like a march or something like the, the employees were moving for they were a part of an organization that was doing some kind of like not March for Dimes or one of these marches and that's how they broke in. Was it that one?
2: No. So the uh, J.P. Morgan Chase breach of 2013-14 was these um, um, hackers, um, you know, these criminals uh, broke into J.P. Morgan Chase's 88 million uh, investor database. They didn't go after their banking customers. They went after their uh, institutional and uh, private party investors. They hacked that database. They took it in real time. And then they launched call centers, email marketings, and they were doing pump and dump schemes through JP Morgan Chase. Wow. So they got that, and it wasn't just JP Morgan Chase, they did it with Scotts Trade, e Trade, um, a lot of the online platforms. It's estimated that they made out with two billion dollars that can be accounted for. Two billion wow. in like six months.
1: Wow. So Eric says here Korea, Russia, Romania, Vietnam, China, Iran, Romania more so as a criminal element rather rather than, than a than
2: nation state. state. Yeah, yeah, um Verizon just launched a cyber espionage report, their first ever, hmm. um, this week. I actually read it yesterday. It is a great report. If you look that I'm now cross-referencing it with the DBIR report. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'll probably do an entire um, you know, kind of like podcast or a post on You know, comparing the stuff from the cyber espionage report to the Verizon DBIR report, because there's some really um, cool intel in there that would help anyone in security.
1: Good comment, Eric. It isn't a question of whether you will be breached. The question is, when have you been breached? Correct. Great points. All CISOs should insist on the right to record all responses from C-suite to their proactive security recommendations prior to accepting a position. Who said this? What's yeah, this, that's
3: part of risk acceptance, right? You need to document their decisions and, and that's uh, the conversation. In. Yeah, That yeah. is part
1: Layton of Late Layton said, and he also said here, the CEOs and CFOs should be taking a hit too. CEOs and CFOs should take the hit for breaches.
2: Yeah. Uh. Uh, you know... <laughs> I
1: heard that. I heard at some point some CEOs had gotten or were they were either getting threatened to be fired or something like that. Like the board of directors was saying, yes, that okay. the CEO should be taking hits.
2: The only CEO that's ever been fired because of a breach on record is Equifax, and he oh, yeah. wasn't fired; he resigned and took a ninety million dollar payday. Right. His name is Dick. That Smith. Nice?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it
3: part of their contract? In their contract, I think they have like reasons for termination. Like they're the only reasons they're allowed to be terminated. And I think Cisso should have something like that. I don't hear well, it often. It
2: depends yeah. on the organization, right? So if a CISO is part of the C-suite executive, if they're like up in that C-suite, a lot of CISOs have the C-suite title, but not the C-suite access, Correct. Correct. right? Which so is part when, of the problem, when,
1: yeah. yeah. Right.
2: So when you have the title, but you don't have the access, you don't get that. But yeah. when you have the title and you have the access, then yeah, you're able to negotiate it.
1: Right. All
3: the authority, or was it all the responsibility, but none of the authority? I think yeah. I like that. Fun
1: times. Taxation A lot of without representation. <laughs> Taxation without representation. <laughs> so Alan says that he is the personality type, ENTJ or ENTP. I don't know. And I was telling the folks here in our internal
3: chat that I'm pretty sure that's a sociopath's personality type.
1: <laughs> I'm also an ENTJ. <laughs> I think I'm one too. I'm an ENTJA. I I'm oh my God. I refuse
2: to give out my personality type. <laughs> oh, we ancient. already know, James. Don't worry. It's been breached. <laughs> it's been breached. The Chinese have had it for 10 years. They're to to get rid of it. i was <laughs> just like, that guy.
1: Oh my God. Okay. Alan says, step one, identify that the business in particular, which programs are clients or whatever are, whatever the revenues are. And then step two, identify assets and processes that feed that business. And there is a step three in here. Step three, secure that crap. So <laughs> that's how you, you he's, know, he's, forgetting for he's forgetting step four.
2: He's forgetting step four.
1: What's step four?
2: Find a way to pay for the crap you're trying to secure.
1: <laughs>
2: you, no, you don't pay for the crap that you're trying to
4: secure. Try to get, try to show the business the risk of the stuff you're trying to secure so
2: they yeah. mm-hmm.
1: can pay for it. Mm-hmm. See,
2: so, someone's got Nigeria on here. Did you like one of the nation states? Yeah, yeah, I mean, by the way, just so you know, like Vietnam and Romania are predominantly also Ukraine, Belarus. Um, Georgia, the country of Georgia, um, Nigeria, South Africa, um, all those places. They're all it's all criminal elements of hacking. Mm -hmm. All of it is. Um
1: Ben said he just listened to Darknet Diaries episode about JP Morgan Chase. I gotta check that out. Okay, there was some other comments up here that I want to share. Philip Wells says, I got my hands on the CISO compass by Todd Fitzgerald. Very interesting read where a number of the top CISO, CISOs bring out how they were able to su- be successful in the role. Eric says, as a CEO, you are not as focused on budget as risk to the bottom line. I had a question for Chris
3: here. Um, when you're teaching your classes, Chris, do you explain to your students that security is and more than just the technical skills? Like, how, how much of your educational, uh, I guess, not just your, but the curriculum, how much of it is, is it focused on those uh, persuasiveness, soft skills, communication, all that stuff? Like, what percentage would you say?
4: I, I would say none. Um, oh, okay. most, most of the, the the classes are intro. So I add that as an element. Like, in all my written reports, I don't just want to see a technical analysis or I don't want to see hey, this technology does this, I, I force all my students to present a business problem and how their recommendations align to the business problem and help mitigate the risk. And if they don't show me that alignment and how it helps mitigate the risk, they don't get full credit.
3: Okay, well, that's good from your perspective. But it's, if it's not in the textbooks, it's not in the curriculum. And well, other professors most,
4: in your that, uh, th- those them. are like soft skills, not yeah. typically included in a textbook.
1: Yeah, that's super frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Ben says, so many laughs this morning. Thank you, James. James. I want to be the Stephen Crowder
2: is. of the cyber industry.
1: <laughs> You're the cynic. I, I, I want,
2: I want to go to RSA and put a table with a mug that says, change my mind about your Change Europe. my mind,
1: <laughs> <laughs> change my mind about meal? job
2: descriptions.
1: What I love about James is his facial expressions. Like yeah. That's the story in and of it. He doesn't even though, open his mouth. It's just one yeah. of those. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I say that to my daughter.
2: <laughs> she say that to my daughter. She's like, Dad, and I'm like, what? She's like, okay, never mind. Forget it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you already know. You don't even have to answer. Um, Danielle, she's so neat. To sit in the boardroom. Amen, Danielle. See?
2: Danielle gets it.
1: Danielle gets it. Uh, ben, it's everyone's responsibility now since the edge of the network includes individual homes. That is
2: very true. That is very true, Ben. Very, very true.
1: Uh, a system must be focused on transforming the language of people, technical, and process risk into something that is able to be a decision for a CEO, CFO, et al. It's Eric Williams. Um, Brent says, communicate the risk to leadership, not the potential, but the reality. Um, Here, let's see. Not the potential, but the reality. Not
2: if, but when we will. Not if, but
1: when we will be breached. Fishing will be successful. Attackers only need to be lucky once to establish a foothold. The security strategy should be focused on defense and recovery, so attacks can be discovered quickly, mitigated, investigated, and organization returns to operations as quickly as possible. Very, very true. Yeah.
3: It's not the fact that you've been attacked or that attack has been successful. It's the amount of impact that it had to your business. So if you can mitigate that impact quickly, like uh, Brent said, it's absolutely okay to get breached, you know, as long as they didn't get away with any records. Uh, you can ransomware all the computers you want. There's nothing on it.
2: Just
3: exactly. replace it. Yeah. We got
1: a lot of good comments today, Renee. It's, I uh, it's. CISO, I was just telling my nine-year-old, leave. I am still on my last year. <laughs> Yeah, great comments today. Uh, let's see. There's another one here. All CISOs should insist on the right to recall. Oh, we said that already. I think that was latent. Um, Practitioners must be able to articulate a relevant KPI in order to in order to enable translation of the risk to the C-suite?
2: The problem is we don't have relevant KPIs across the industry. So mm-hmm. we don't have a standard KPI across the industry. So when you go to report to the board, and I've done this before, and I think a lot of this says when you go to report to the board, the people who sit on your company's board sit on other boards. And when they see different KPIs from every informa- uh, every security officer that they they meet, then they think everything's a crapshoot because while one guy is highlighting these KPIs, this other guy's highlighting those KPIs and there's no uniform. And that's, that's not the same for um, CFOs or CMOs or anyone else that reports to the board because those, those, those specific environments have standard KPIs.
3: Well, I'd argue that there's no no risk.
2: Yeah, I would argue there is no
3: good KPI for security.
2: Right, but you have to to understand that when we say that, what we're essentially telling board members is, get used to the fact that there's no standard risk. And at some point we have to say, let's just all tentatively agree on a standard risk per industry. And then Mm -hmm. let's make that standard risk per industry the uniform for the board. And if we do that, then we'll be able to really start nailing things at home. But I can't tell you how many times after a board meeting I spend time with board members having to explain why I use those KPIs. And in their conversations with me, they're like, this is so, you know, at this last board meeting I was at two weeks ago for this other company showed these KPIs.
4: Alan, Alan, Alan just made a, a really good comment. He said, yeah. being a CISO is like being a CFO before general accounting practices were established. Yes. That is
2: brilliant. That is brilliant. That is uh, well said, Alan.
1: Yep. Absolutely true.
2: Very smart, okay. man.
1: More. Yeah. You're mentor. Okay. So more comments up here. Probably problem. Um, Alan says he's an ENTP personally. <laughs> Tony, my buddy Tony is here. We should not tolerate vulnerabilities in our software. Too many developers rush to operate, reduce the targets to reduce the surface, which I think is, isn't that what happened that, um, you know, in, in, in uh, Capital One had pretty secure software
2: still got breached. Well, Capital One wasn't a secure software. Issue, it was a cloud issue. They they left a database with 99.8% of the data encrypted. But you know, you get fired over 0.2%. You get fired over 0.2% because that's what he got fired for. Or sorry, he was promoted to cybersecurity advisor. I'm sorry, right. he wasn't fired. <laughs> it's he was always promoted about the promotion. To cybersecurity advisor.
1: The pivot, the pivot, the pivot. Eric says practitioners must be able to codify risk for decision makers and assessment in an ongoing matter, not a one off as requested. If you do not enable your people to implement in real time via an appropriate security and incident response plan, you will pay. Amen. Eric adds another one. Brazil. Eric, you're on fire here, man. Um, Danielle says, are you my Nigerian prince? Who's the Nigerian prince? Is, that, is Chris playing Nigerian prince today? Chris looks so chill. He's digging that hat. Hey JJ, JJ Davy is here. We have all the peeps are here today.
4: Don't hate. It's (laughs) twenty (laughs) twenty.
1: Ben says. For those interested, he has a link. He provided the link to the episode. Thank you so much, Ben. I will be listening. Um, Those are all our comments so far. This has been fun. Great timing, because I know James has to leave, and I gotta leave at eleven fifty eight, and it is eleven fifty eight on the east. Wow.
2: It would have perfect
1: it. timing well folks this has been fun as usual james naomi chris folan and all of our i call them our additional guests because the audience is just as fun as us we will see you again oh wait a minute next week is thanksgiving james is frying a turkey and all that stuff so
2: i ain't frying Uh-oh. a turkey
1: live stream your turkey fry <laughs> i
2: i you know what i'm 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 thinking I want to go hunt and do venison for Thanksgiving. I think that's more American than turkeys. Live stream your turkey already.
1: Oh, he, has, he has his pre-cooked already. I love it. So um two Thursdays from now, I guess. I guess yeah. so.
2: I guess so. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy
1: Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks, Alan. Bye, Alan. Bye Alan. Bye, Alan.
2: Bye Danielle.
1: Bye, Danielle. <laughs> All our favorite people. <laughs> Bye